I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. All right. <laughs> All right. Hi, Anwar. Hello, hello, Fairlith. My goodness, what a weird show this is going to be. We have so much to talk about. Yeah, there's quite a few different topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as <laughs> but as usual, we are going to start with, of course, uh, the news because Disney that's where news. we because that's where we always start because Disney news, Disney news. La la la. I'm just trying to think of something. Someday we'll come up with a Disney news jingle. But today is not that day. <laughs> today is not that day. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. Go well, ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, first off, uh, so some, let's see. Uh, so, quick, small, so we'll, I'll talk about some quick little small things and then some big, big things. So, one of the small mm-hmm. things is uh, Haunted Mansion in Disneyland has received a new piece of art. Uh, yeah. And I say received, uh, even though it's technically an old piece of art. That was like moved into a new part of the mansion. Mm, I didn't know that. That's At least exciting. I think it was because so so basically the haunted mansion uh, had a tiny tiny minor little refurb in that there was a uh, there was an old painting in the I believe it was in the attic scene, and then uh, of a woman that would like uh, change her form. Yes. Uh, and then she was moved from the attic into now the main queue. Which is great. Yeah. So like as you're going through, like right before, uh, right before you go into the, right before you get onto the doom buggies, uh, they've put up like these little, I think like these new fancy like partition type things, I think just to kind of section things off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then off to the right, right before you get on it, there's this new portrait that is there. So uh, it is, uh, it's one of the mansion's original portraits known as April to December. Uh, and they moved it back. So it is now officially part of like that little gallery that's there. Oh, that's so cool. I yeah. wish more Disney rides in all the parks would take cues from Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion and be that detailed. Not that it's up to the rides, but I wish that the head in charge people would make the rides more detailed. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's such a, it's a tiny little thing. But I think it's, I don't know, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of cute and I think it's kind of mm-hmm. fun and cool. Oh, I uh, think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Disneyland Paris is celebrating its 29th year. Already? I God. know, right? Weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one thing I thought that was really, really cool is that, um, uh, so Disney World is working with this uh, Florida Coral Reef um preservation company not not company sorry but it's like um organization yeah it's like an organization who's it was dedicated to preserving the floor the florida coral reef mm. uh it's called the florida coral rescue center uh and so uh disney is uh actually working with this uh with the center in order to preserve some of the coral reef that's there in florida along the florida coastline uh uh, just to kind of preserve it and help to rebuild the coral reef that's been damaged. Awesome! Yeah. So the I Disney, love that. yeah, the Disney Conservation Fund has provided nearly seventeen million dollars to marine co- conservation programs 
uh, spanning every ocean across the globe, including more than 70 grants to help protect coral reefs. Uh, that is from uh, the actual uh, article itself here on the Disney Parks blog. So, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Like the fact that they. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's just nice to think that, like, uh, Disney, with all its money and power, is like, hey, let's put a little bit of that back and, like, actually do something good. So, yeah. I like well, that. Here's a, here's a non-Disney fact about me. I don't know if you know this. Is mm-hmm. uh, The other job I wanted, uh, aside from artist, when I was in high school, was marine biologist. And I actually took all bio- biology classes in high school. Ooh. But, uh I realized that even in a swimming pool, if I can't touch the bottom, I get extreme vertigo and it's much worse at the beach. So I decided that since I can't submerge myself in water, it was not a wise career track. (laughs) Um, But I'm super passionate about the ocean and uh, Mm -hmm. everybody that lives in there and coral reefs are very important to me. So that makes me very happy. Mm -hmm. Well, coral reefs in general are just important to just the world the world and the <laughs> ecosystem and just yes. the environment as a whole <laughs> yeah so yeah but it's nice to know that like uh disney is just kind of doing a small part just to kind of you know do what they can yeah that I makes like that. me very happy yeah. um i have one little bit of news it's yes. uh, well i mean yas if you're not if you're a follower of disney it won't be big news to you because it it makes sense. But uh, the Tron Light Cycle Power Run is coming to Disney World. Um, (laughs) The only thing is it was supposed to open for the 50th anniversary, which is in Mm. October. And it will not be opening for the 50th anniversary because, of course, they halted construction uh, Mm. during the pandemic. And while construction has started again, the world-famous canopy that you can see on the Shanghai version of the ride is complete. It is finished. but, but the actual will, ride itself is The actual ride itself is not, and they will be halting uh, construction soon until the beginning of the next fiscal year, which, of course, is in October. Gotcha. So hold on to uh, your Tron nostalgia. You're not going to be able to ride the light cycles quite yet, but they're hoping uh, for the second part of the 50th anniversary, which, of course, will be in the 51st year, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Tron light cycle power run will be open for guests. That'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, it's 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 a bit of a bummer, but at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, like, what can you do, right? What can you do? I'd rather people be safe. Um, it's yeah, going to be slotted in right behind Space Mountain at the Magic Kingdom. And, Ooh. Uh, oh, so really it's going excited. in the Magic Kingdom. It is. I thought it was going in Epcot, but that is the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. Oh, see, I would have thought it. Well, no, I guess maybe not. Because I, I guess my brain was like, oh, maybe it would go into... Um, Hollywood Studios, but then mm. I guess it does kind of make more sense it would go in Magic Kingdom, considering Tron is like a proper Disney IP. Yeah, right. And I mean, uh, the Hollywood Studios did just get Batu, so I get it. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just got like I'm- a big major one. Yeah, and that's what I like about Disneyland is you don't have to go to the Hollywood Studios Park to go to Batuu because I personally, just personally as a Disney fan, mm. I think the Hollywood Studios style parks tend to be the weakest, but I know they're trying to make that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, one other little piece of news. Uh, okay, so I think I think we're kind of I think we're going to start jumping into kind of some of the quote-unquote bigger news pieces bigger i guess news pieces. <laughs> bigger news. uh first one is uh disney is going to be launching a brand new cruise ship called yeah. uh the disney wish uh so i saw some of i didn't see the full uh because they did like a full um press thing yeah but i couldn't get into that <laughs> yeah no uh but 
it looked pretty from like the uh oh no hold on it's tomorrow is it tomorrow no sorry it's I on just... the 29th oh shoot yeah well, the I grand just thought... unveiling is on the 29th at 11 a.m eastern i wonder if we can get into that because we're sort of press now <laughs> we cover disney stuff <laughs> but i don't think it's just for press I don't know. Let's find out. And maybe maybe we'll have more of an update for you. But yes, I don't know. Uh, but they released a little video on YouTube uh, just kind of giving you a very, very brief introduction. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a little more Cinderella themed just because they have like a like a bronze statue of Cinderella herself. And it's so pretty. Yeah, it does look very, very pretty. And then, yeah, so that'll be nice. And I'm hoping I'm hoping to get in to be able to take a look at some more info for that because. Yes. Yeah, like the cruise, the Disney cruise lines or the the Disney cruise ships do kind of intrigue me. But then again, I've never like I've never actually been on a cruise before. I've never been on a cruise either. Maybe we should go on one and cover it for the podcast. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. But then the mm-hmm. question is, which one? Because there are like five. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I I have a friend who worked for a long time on the Disney cruise ships. I'll I'll mm-hmm. ask him. Maybe he could come on the podcast and tell us about it a little bit. That would be um, fun. Tell us what he thinks the best ships are and stuff. He's a, he's a big Disney fanatic. Uh, um, well, that's good. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, But yeah, I think we should. I've always wanted to go on a Disney cruise. And honestly, I'm a little scared of cruises. But I know that Disney has such a high standard of cleanliness and safety that I feel more comfortable. Maybe that's not fair. But I've heard so much, so many horror stories about like mold and and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I think that's just that's just a good thing just to be aware of. Right. Because you are basically just like, you know, you're just like trapped in a hotel on water yeah exactly <laughs> much. exactly yeah. and you know i am very scared of the ocean i found out as mm-hmm. i just so <laughs> i really like it in theory we'll see mm-hmm. what i can do um but the disney wish is setting sail in summer 2022 yes so that'll be fun uh now next piece of big news mm. is the tokyo disney sea has officially unveiled uh their brand new themed port fantasy springs which and is... may i interject for one yes. second this is extra cool because it is uh ideas from fantasy springs that is informing the third park footprint on the disneyland property mm-hmm. that will be an expansion of california adventure and disneyland anyway go ahead <laughs> yeah the th- yeah what we covered before um what was it called oh i'm forgetting the name already uh project grind anaheim to dust under our heels because we have all the power now i'll I'll look it up but basically yeah because like we we covered the big thing where um basically where the disneyland hotel and paradise pier sit is where they're gonna like add the new uh like that new non-gated area is what it was um and yeah you're right like they're they kind of are sort of slightly mimicking it because uh quite a few of what's here in uh fantasy springs is going to be included in that uh in that non-gated area mm-hmm. so uh looking at some of the stuff uh because of course they did like a big uh like a big announcement of it and uh like they have like a whole um model like a scale model of the dang thing which is mm-hmm. really really cool um, but looking at it, it's uh, it's going to be pretty expansive. It looks like like it, yeah. you're going to have you're you're basically going to have an area that's dedicated to Corona with uh, with Rapunzel's tower um, that I believe is going to be like to scale. 
Like, I think it's going to be, like, yeah. a good solid 60, 70 feet high. Unlike what's in Fantasyland now, which is beautiful, but clearly a model. Yes, because what's in Fantasyland, yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those forced perspective things. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I mean, forced perspective is beautiful, but it doesn't, it's still, you know, you're looking at something. Yeah, real. it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. I can't see the official name for the expansion here, but it's just the Disneyland Resort expansion, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then... In Corona, you're there's uh, I believe there's so there's going to be one attraction in there where you're going to have like a ride through. Uh, I think it's going to be like a similar storybook ride, storybook dark ride style thing. Yeah, about, it's a it's a boat ride though. Yeah, yes, it's a boat ride because I think it, the big the big scene in it I think is going to be like the lanterns when you come to the lanterns like in the movie Tangled. Indeed, uh, they're going to have um, the little uh, restaurant, not restaurant. Um, uh, like the little pub that they go to in the, the movie. Snuggly Duckling. The Snuggly Duckling as like an actual, uh, I believe, I think it's going to be a quick service restaurant, I believe. I'm not sure. I just heard Snuggly Duckling. I love Tangled. It's my favorite mm-hmm. of the new movies. Tangled is great. It's, yeah, I I, I kind of love like this mini rivalry that Tangled has with Frozen. It's no rivalry. Tangled is better. <laughs> you can fight me about it if you want to, but there's no point in having a rivalry. Mm-mm. It's very funny. And Milo um, and Stitch is better than both of them. I'll fight you. uh yeah and so i'm 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 excited to kind of be able to experience like that that whole area and then right next to it you're gonna have arendelle and then uh you're gonna have like the you're gonna have the castle and then in the distance you'll see the big mountain range of the north mountain and there you're gonna see elsa's ice castle more forced Uh, perspective but that's okay because it's very far in the distance exactly uh and there's gonna be another ride um i think they were saying it's it might it might be similar to the frozen ride in epcot in that it might be similar to a storybook dark ride but i think they're gonna take some more uh um what's it called uh some more liberties in terms of uh what they're actually gonna what they're actually gonna do inside the ride because of course it's a brand new ride right whereas 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 with the frozen ride in epcot it was an overlay yeah, of the adventure through Norway. I can't remember the exact name of it. But, um, um, Expedition Everest, something like no, that? No, no. Expedition Everest is the uh, Animal Kingdom answer to the Matterhorn. Oh, well then, yeah. What was it? Oh, you see, I, it, the overlay has been so effective that it's completely like, out of our <laughs> Maelstrom. minds Maelstrom. Maelstrom. I might gotcha. be mispronouncing it, but it was the Maelstrom. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, like you're going to have, uh, and then like kind of like, Next to it, you're going to see uh, the area of Neverland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be really nice because, of course, uh, you're going to have, like, uh, Captain Hook's ship. Uh, you're going to have Skull Rock. Uh, and Gorgeous. I be- yeah, and I believe you're going to have... I think one of the attractions might have something to do with um, the Lost Boys' hideout, I believe. That would be so cool. Yeah. I love this. I, like, so many of the Disney parks have taken out... Skull Rock, and I think Paris is the only one that still has it. I mm. love Skull Rock. I don't know why. I just love it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, so the Disney Parks released a video of this whole, because they, like I said, they built an entire scale model of the dang thing, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they did a whole video of it. So I will be, I'll be posting, or I'll be attaching this video in the show notes so that you can all take a look at it, uh, so that you can all join us in our excitement for what is clearly going to be a very fun expansion to uh disney uh to disney sea over yeah. in japan and gosh i want to go to disney sea so badly like 
almost every blog listed as the best Disney park in the world. I want to go. I think part of that is like is because from what I understand, the the way that the Asian parks work is that everything needs to be exclusive to those parks. They, they from have what a I different, understand. Because they're not run by Disney. Disney was uh-huh. hired to do them. They also have a, they just have a higher standard of, um, I guess, I mean, it's hard to say higher standard, but they have their own standard of guest service and, and cleanliness and specialness. Mm-hmm. and um, Which is already saying something, considering that the Disney parks have such a high standard. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not putting them down. It's just like what the Japanese insist on is even more special. And it's just it's spectacular and creative mm-hmm. and cool. Yeah. But I think part of it has to do with with that, the fact that they um, they have so many attractions and things to see that are so exclusive that they kind of like try extra hard to make it to make it special mm-hmm. i can't i i'm i'm not quite sure on the details on that but uh i remember uh i was watching the video this video from um uh this youtube channel disney newscast who kind who did a good in-depth coverage of this of this park or i'm uh, sorry of fantasy springs and uh, i think they touched on that so uh i think they'll be able to speak better about it than than I am, you know, considering that I don't have uh, extensive knowledge on, particularly on the Asian parks. Yeah, uh, well, it's just teasing yourself. You're like, oh, I'll never ride the Shanghai Pirates of the Caribbean. Guess I'll watch it 8 million times. Or you could be mm-hmm. sensible like you and not torment yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, the, sh- the the Shanghai Pirates ride is oh freaking spectacular. It is gorgeous uh, and amazing it, it's in, like i can't believe what they achieve with it it's oh my god the imaginary it's, the effects oh! yeah it's it's pretty great mm-hmm. uh yeah um i think that's it for the kind of like the major major news on my end so. that's all i got all i had was the light cycle honestly i forgot about everything else i have a slight <laughs> head injury so i was like i have no news and i was like what about these things and i was yeah. like well <laughs> i forgot about them the instant i read about them you see <laughs> they just kind of went they just kind of fell just, out of your head yeah they, whoosh, yep that's yep. okay <laughs> it's fine i'm very happy to be here though <laughs> yay we're happy to have you of course oh thanks yeah. Um, so shall we move on to uh, Commando Duck? Yes, let's move on to Commando Duck. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So, okay. So Commando Duck was the uh, propaganda cartoon that we decided to cover for this episode. And boy, was that a turn. Yeah. Boy, was that a ride. Yeah. Like, so... Oof. Commando Duck was uh, came out. Uh, I think the date was 1944. Yep. And so this was uh, this is obviously at a time when uh, the Japanese were considered the enemy uh, in terms or in the war. And so this cartoon, it's this cartoon is so weird because it's like it was like it almost didn't even need to be a cartoon in the first place Mm -hmm. because there's no real substantial story like even on a propaganda like even in the view of propaganda yeah it it really doesn't read as propaganda so much as no just a funny cartoon which is where it fails in my opinion yeah absolutely um because i i don't know there 
uh, Donald Duck parachutes into uh, the jungle of a remote Pacific island to wipe out a Japanese airfield. That's his mm-hmm. job. That's the plot of the That's story. That's the plot of the cartoon. And um, it's mostly a lot of Donald Duck-style mishaps, but there's a lot of uh, caricatures of Japanese soldiers, uh, snipers. Uh, I mean, are, like, oh, like I think we can. I think we can say it. It's blatant racism. It's it's really full bad on racism. Like, yeah, and 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 it, it's crazy because like part of this is like this is easily probably the most racist cartoon I've ever seen come out of Disney. Yeah, I was that's really uncomfortable watching it. It was like, just. I was oh. seeing, yeah, I was watching it, and then like when when the Japanese soldiers caricatures came came on, I was like, oh, oh, they're not fucking around, like they're they're like, and and the thing was was that like it wasn't even done in the way that like the Nazis were done, yes. in which it was like yes, they were caricatures, but <clears throat> they were so blatantly the enemy. Yeah, and they were recognizably still themselves. Like the the mm-hmm. caricatures of the German soldiers and um, the German heads of state, uh, Goebbels, Adolf Hitler, they were not nearly as offensive as the no. ser- this the cartoons of these Japanese soldiers who were nameless and just guys. It, yeah, oh. like yeah, like they were they were nameless soldiers that quite frankly didn't even need to be there. Didn't even they cut like, it? Um, they cut the soldiers. I read for re-releases of the cartoon. Okay, well, the one that I saw, the one that I found on YouTube, had them in. Oh, me too. And I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And the accents, I will. I would not try. I would not like, want to. Oh it was boy. Bad. Like the accents yeah. were really, really bad. Uh, the whole like every time they were talking about like oh Japanese custom, and it's like oh okay. shooting people in the back. Yeah, it's like Oof. oh Jap- yeah, like Japanese custom calls for you know you got to shoot people in the back, and it's like whoa. Well, that well that that in and of itself, I think, was probably the most propaganda y thing about it because yeah. it was blatantly targeting something in regards to how they are viewed in battle. Mm-hmm. and something like that and like but even then like yeah like i don't know like this this like yeah it's it's, it's just bad interesting uh how the disney company portrayed germans as sinister and powerful mm-hmm. um and they portray the japanese as idiots mm. yeah yeah that's interesting just, bleak um but uh yeah Donald um accidentally fills his raft his, like, raft his, with his water inflatable from, like, yeah. yeah his inflatable raft with like water from a waterfall and he's like running away trying not to make it explode and, and like that's the kind of like cartoon hijinks yeah it does it wipes out the airfield that's the whole story and then he sends a letter to like his his superiors being like uh Donald Duck uh, like this is Donald Duck I washed away the the thing and blah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, Clarence Nash. Uh, I yeah, wish I, I could do that voice, but yeah, it's, it's um, it's it it was a thing, and it's like, and and I also want, I don't want to necessarily one hundred percent say or put all of the blame on Disney necessarily, only because they weren't the only ones that did uh, these kinds of cartoons uh, that were anti-Japanese. Yeah, right. Because like, like we mentioned before, like Warner Brothers got in on it. 
some of the other bigger like studios like like Looney Tunes has like a whole bunch of like propaganda cartoons and I think there's yeah, another Daffy one Daffy goes to war yeah Daffy goes to war there's another one called like uh, Commando Daffy or something like that yeah that that's uh, what was recommended to oh, me yes. to watch after yeah. Commando yeah Donald. so so yeah so I feel like this wasn't necessarily uh, specifically the view of the Disney company this was just the view I think of just America time. as a whole at the time, you know, seeing the sucks. It, oh, it's absolutely it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just kind of like that's something to keep in mind is that this isn't uh, specifically the views of the company. This is the yeah. views of America. This is this was the American view of the Japanese enemy at that time. Yeah, I mean the the way the Japanese soldiers are stereotyped is, or uh, I mean, stereotype is not even the right word. Caricatured um, mm-hmm. in the cartoon is how everyone was caricaturing at the time. It's just it was still wrong. Um, but I feel like, but I feel like even then it was taken to an to an extra to an extra level mm-hmm. because it was meant to be like an anti propaganda, or it was meant to be a propaganda cartoon. Yeah, it was supposed to promote anti-Japanese sentiment. Yeah. So. Uh, um, I, I recommend watching it um, to sort of see what it was and to see what was happening, uh, but it is an uncomfortable watch. Yeah, it definitely left me with, with like a bad taste in my mouth. Like mm-hmm. even like even watching the other the other ones that we did watch, like even watching Deerfear's Face and even watching uh, like even watching Education for Death, which was uncomfortable, which was uncomfortable, but it wasn't. The, like like this cartoon Commando Duck was a different level of uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, and so it like it felt different. It just it was just not great. I yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I understand that Japan's behavior during World War II was abominable, and I don't excuse any of that at all. Obviously, not that I have any choice to excuse it or not. <laughs> um, but uh, whew. But still, yeah, like this was, this was, yeah, this was a thing that happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we're going to move on to something a little different. A little uh, lighter. A little lighter. Uh, we're going to cover this next film, uh, the second to last film of the wartime era, which is Fun and Fancy Free. So. Mm-hmm. I've seen this film before. You haven't. What was your What was your take on it? Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was less risky than some of the others, and thus maybe a little less entertaining. But just because I'm an adult, um, hmm. you know, so I I um I I look for weird stuff in my movies. But mm-hmm. um, it's a safe, sweet, fun little thing. Uh, it's inoffensive. It's not. I wouldn't say particularly memorable. Um, but I think it's really special because it's the last feature film where Walt Disney himself voiced Mickey Mouse. So that's really special to me. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of on the same boat. Um, so the film itself, I think is interesting because it can't, it comes out shortly after the war, right? Mm -hmm. So the movie came out in 1947. Mm -hmm. The war's, uh, the war's over at the time. And... You know, I feel like the country and the world is uh, suffering from that, like, post-war down, right? Yeah. Like, you know, people are struggling to, you know, kind of get back to normalcy and all this other stuff. And so then here comes this film called Fun and Fancy Free. And then you open with this jaunty tune. It's very cute. It's very fun. I liked it. 
yeah, like it, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good song. It was a nice song. Uh, and then you have the return of Jiminy Cricket. Um, oh, this is weird. I don't this... particularly know why. It was so weird. Like Cleo was there, and like, well, I don't an know if it was exactly Cleo, but it was like. It, it was I. I don't know if it was like a Cleo uh, reference or if it was an actual like Cleo cameo or something. But it's I think very just like, weird. Yeah, but like yeah, it was just weird like, to see. It wasn't taking place at the same time as Pinocchio. No, and it wasn't Geppetto's house. No, it was entirely separate. So well, there's like, a black cat and a goldfish. I don't understand. <laughs> it was just kind of like oh, Jim Jiminy's back and he's singing this cute song. Okay, yeah. I guess I guess this is a thing now. Uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah. I should say the song that Jiminy Cricket is singing is it was cute, but I, I very much disagree with the sentiment of it. <laughs> Oh, well, that's the thing is that like when he's singing the song, he's like, you know, just you just got to be just got to be, you know, fun and fancy free and blah, blah, blah. And I think when I was when I was watching it, I remembered, oh, this ha- this is like directly post-war. Yeah. And so I think this is them. I think this is like whether this that was the intention or not, whether it was the intention or not to have that sentiment. But basically, Jiminy coming in and being like, everyone's so down. Everyone's so sad. You just got to be happy and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, I get what you're trying to say. You want everybody to be in a good mood, but you can't always be in a good mood, especially, you know, especially now. There's this part where he's reading the newspaper and all the newspaper headlines are very bleak. They're like, world goes insane and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like. They've said the world's going to end since 1903. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, that's not, you shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. You should worry about the future and probably recycle. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it's cute. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the intention of the message, I think, is just not to always be down. Yeah. But, you know, just try and look at the bright side of things, which I can kind of under, which I can understand. Um, but still, I mean, it's, it, it was just kind of like, I don't know. I think it was just. In general, just very weirdly out of place, just to have Jiminy just there. And yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And then he introduces the first story, which is uh, called Bongo. Mm-hmm. Now, so here's the thing about this movie as well is that both of these, <laughs> both of these stories, so Bongo and and uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk, mm-hmm. both were originally intended to actually be full length films. I find that so weird. Right. So, I cannot believe that. Yeah, so Bongo was more or less to be a pseudo sequel to Dumbo, considering that he is a circus bear. And apparently some of the the characters from Dumbo were supposed to come in and actually be characters in this movie. But then I think the uh and this was I think in the early 40s and then um yes. and then Shortly after, like, a bunch of this stuff was shelved. And then, of course, you know, this, the, you know, the war happened. And so the studio was very short on money. And so they were putting all these, you know, other cartoons together to make these anthology films. And then, uh, so that's when they picked it back up again. And it was the same, same with uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk, which is, again, originally supposed to be a full-length film. But then they decided to edit it down and, and uh, make it the second half of this film. It's just, it's funny to me because I really enjoyed Bongo. I thought it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But, like, there's so much filler in it that isn't story. That's just, like, pretty stuff. That is, I Yeah. And it's crazy. And it's crazy because there was going to be even more filler. <laughs> like, that's the thing is that, like, if you think what you saw here was filler, there was going to be even more. 
It's so weird. So right, because they were gonna, they were trying to stretch it out, mm-hmm. and so yeah, <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay, um, yeah, and uh, but what did you think of this cartoon specifically? Hmm. What, did you th- what did you think of Bongo? What is your opinion of Bongo the Bear? I uh, was happy to see an anti-circus sentiment in a Disney cartoon. Mm-hmm. And um, at first, I was thinking, like, why doesn't Lulu Bell? Why isn't Lulu Bell able to choose for herself? And then I realized that there are a bunch of crazy S and M bears who only <laughs> like getting hit in the face. And I, I honestly could not see that twist coming. So I guess that's good storytelling. I just, I, I don't know what to make of that. Like she was, she had total um, agency. So yay feminism. But like, yeah, no, she was fully able to like, because like she, with that whole like, apparently bears show their love by slapping each other in the uh, face as okay. hard as possible, which is really funny. But like, so she, she had already chosen Bongo as mm-hmm. her mate. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, trying to be a gentleman. But no, no, it wasn't that. It was that he didn't know. Yeah, well, that's why. Like he, he thought, if you're hitting me in the face, you must hate me. Yeah, and so (laughs) then she accidentally hits the other guy, the other bear, uh, Lumpjaw, who then misconstrues it because, of course, apparently in this culture, in this weird bear culture, everybody slaps each other, (laughs) and so he just kind of like is like, well, is like, because uh, he's already in love with her, but I think but then he then misconstrues her slap to him as that he, she reciprocates the the feelings. Yep. And so that's kind of that. Meanwhile, she's just kind of like over it. She's like, I'm, I'm, I don't actually love this guy. And so I think it's, and then Bongo comes back and is like, after realizing it, because he sees all the bears like doing this weird song and dance, basically, basically giving you all the exposition. <laughs> it's the exposition dance. <laughs> The biggest twist of all time. I know. And then he's like, oh, that's how they, oh, and then it all clicks in his head. Then he goes back and then he fights for her again. Then he slaps her in the face and she slaps him in the face and then it's all It's all, it's all consensual (laughs) face smacking. I liked it a lot. Like I liked it. I really liked Bongo as a character. I thought the plot was weird as hell. Mm -hmm. It was very, 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 very silly. I did think it was, I, (laughs) I did think it was cute though. Like the whole, um, uh, Bongo, wishing and dreaming for a new life and for a better life which i think was very nice uh because i think you know we we all have that right we all have that those dreams of like wanting something more and everything right yeah i found him very relatable he he was a little circus bear who could do all these wonderful things he was the best circus bear of all Mm -hmm. time and he just he was treated like a prisoner so he escaped to the wild but he didn't know how to be a wild bear which apparently involves slapping other bears in the face Uh, i'm never gonna get over it (laughs) Apparently, oh that's what he didn't understand. We don't punch each other in the face in the human world. I'm exactly. Shook. Well, some of us do, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, consensually, consensually. <laughs> we have to talk about it first, so they can't talk because they're bears. <laughs> Goodness no, gracious! <laughs> Dinosaur talks for them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love Dinosaur. Yeah. Narrating this, it was gorgeous. I it loved it. It was very, it. very good. Yeah. Oh, narrating I, it and giving us the songs as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Loved it. Dinah Shore. Yeah. Just oh, I could listen to her. Her voice is better. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. great. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So uh, a little bit of history of this story. So this is actually based on a short story uh, by Sinclair Lewis for the Cosmopolitan magazine. Oh. Yeah. Under the sex tips. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, 
and so uh, this, as I as I said before, it was originally going to be its own movie, and so it was suggested uh, that Bongo would have a friend as, who is a chimpanzee who is a partner in his circus act. Oh yeah. Uh, but then, of course, uh, when they were moving it to uh, to the solo cartoon or to the, to the cartoon segment for this movie, they removed that and a bunch of other stuff uh, that were that was dropped. So like. Uh, uh, the chimpanzee friend who was first called Beverly and then Chimpy. Uh, Beverly? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then uh, a couple other like mischievous bear friends and stuff like that. But all of that was ultimately dropped just for this, uh, for what we have, which is basically like a half hour, by the roughly 30, 40 minute story, I think. No, about th- it's about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. The whole film is uh, an hour 14, including credits. Yeah. So that was Bongo. Um <laughs> It's it's not wild. much no, really not much more to say. Like it's yeah. definitely it's definitely the shorter of the two stories I feel mm-hmm. like. And there's less story than half an hour. Like I say there's a lot of filler sequences. They're very lovely, but like of the mm-hmm. two bears in love just dreaming about little angel bears putting a waterfall for them to fall down and stuff. It's it's, yeah. it's sweet, but it's not really story. No, definitely yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Uh no, and then yeah. And then afterwards, and it, and it's funny because like this whole story is given to us from, uh, from a uh, from a record. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket yeah. wants you to be fun and fancy free, so let's listen to a nice fun and fancy free record. And he puts on dinosaur uh, singing and reading bongo. Yeah, it's very cute. And then yeah. it cut. And then once that story's finished, it cuts it back to him, and he's sitting in the arms of like this little doll and everything, and everyone's yeah. happy. Uh, and then he comes across an invitation. To a party because apparently he is in the house of Luana Patton, who is an actress from that age. And uh, so, of course, I had no idea who this person was. Uh, But apparently Luana Patton uh, was an actress who did a couple roles in some Disney films. Uh, for, For one, she made her first appearance in Song of the South. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, she also appeared uh, in Song of the South's sister film, So Dear to My Heart. Interesting. I didn't even know it yeah. had a sister film. I didn't. I, I knew about So Dear to My Heart, but I didn't realize that was a sister film to Song of the South. Wild. Which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah. And so she was so she was uh, under. Um, uh, so she worked a couple other time other times with uh, with Disney, and then of course she was just an actress who just went on and did a bunch of other stuff as she got older. Uh, was like she was in Bonanza, for example. I think mm, that's cool. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and so she he sees this little invitation from a gentleman by the name of Edgar Bur. Sorry, no, yeah, Edgar Bergen. I know all about Edgar Bergen. I was so excited to see Edgar Bergen. Yes. Ugh, I think he's so, the coolest. Yeah, so she sees an invitation from uh, Edgar Bergen to come over to his place, who is apparently just across the way, mm-hmm. and come of over course. for a little party. And so in my, in my head, my immediate thing is this grown-ass man is inviting this child over for a party. How is this not weird? Well, he was a very, very well-known radio personality at the time. Yes. He was yeah. so famous. Like, yeah. So famous. Um, 
Well, his characters were apparently even more famous than he was. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, so his so the main character being Charlie McCarthy. Mm-hmm. The uh, who was the one with the monocle and the hat. Yeah, and I you might recognize Charlie McCarthy if you've seen the Muppet movie because that is of course Edgar Bergen's last screen appearance. He mm-hmm. and Charlie McCarthy judge the beauty contest that yes. Miss Piggy wins. Yes, I actually recall that because I remember watching the Muppet, the original Muppet movie and I saw them in it and I was like, oh my God, I know them. But I only yeah. knew them because of because, this. Because that's of funny because I know him because of Jim Henson. He was a huge influence on Jim Henson. Like Jim Henson was so excited to have him on the Muppet show and in the Muppet movie. And I just think it's it's so wonderful it, what he does. And oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, so yeah, so Edgar Bergen, uh, as you said, famous ventriloquist in the mid-20th century. Funny to have uh, a radio show as a ventriloquist, but sure. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but I think he's, because he, he started on stage, right? And then he got the radio show. Yes, yes. yes. And he said um, he doesn't usually move his lips as much as he did in Fun and Fancy Free, but he'd been ventriloquisting on the radio for so long it didn't matter. So he was out of yeah. practice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I thought it was funny when, uh, Jiminy was reading the invitation, he's reading the names. He's like, uh, he's like, sincerely, Charlie McCarthy, Mortimer Snurd, Edgar Bergen, never <laughs> heard of him. And I thought that was very funny. And, That's I, and very it's funny. funny because, uh, Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd are, were, uh, apparently more famous than Edgar Bergen himself, mm-hmm. which I think is just kind of funny when like your character is, um, more famous than you as the actual performer. Oh, I, I mean, I think funny. that's great. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, and so then he hops over to the house across the way and there's uh Edgar doing a little hand puppet thing for uh for Luana and then there's I the other loved that. Charlie Charlie and Mortimer. I thought I thought this whole sequence itself was actually very very cute. I thought it was very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um I forgot to mention some Edgar Bergen uh, uh trivia. Do you mm. have you ever watched Murphy Brown? No, but I know of it. Well, the star of Murphy Brown, Candace Bergen, is his daughter. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty yes. cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then, you know, they're having their cute little thing. And then he and then uh, they decide to or Edgar decides to tell a story. Uh, and then he tells the story of uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk. And <sighs> yeah. And so, as you said earlier, this is, of course, a story in which uh, Walt does the voice of Mickey for the last time. Yeah. I mean, he did a couple of appearances as Mickey on the Mickey Mouse Club. But yeah, but this was like the first time he did it as like an official role. Yeah. Last yeah, last time. Um yeah. <laughs> which I just think is so special and I mm-hmm. I was so excited about it. Yeah. Uh so this particular story, the Mickey and the Beanstalk, uh was originally going to be of course uh, a full movie like like Mongo was. And uh, I believe the original div- uh, the original title was going to be The Legend of Happy Valley. Oh, nice. Uh, and so, of course, like the uh, there was going to be a lot more uh, story to it. Um, and I think part of it was because, or apparently part of it was because Mickey was starting to fall behind in popularity uh, to some mm. of the other characters. So, uh, so Donald, Goofy, and Pluto were apparently becoming more popular in the late 30s. Uh, as well as a Fleischer's Popeye and uh, Porky Pig. I don't know why Porky Pig specifically, but apparently Porky Pig specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. uh, 
to increase the popularity of Mickey, a couple other like they started punch, they started pushing him as a character. Uh, so that's why he's the main character for the Sorcerer's Apprentice sequence in Fantasia, for example. Mm. And so when the story of uh, when uh, uh, animators Bill Cottrell and uh, T. He, uh, I don't actually know, uh, Thornton, Thornton He, uh, was always credited as T. He, of which I think <laughs> is just kind of interesting. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> both, <laughs> both pitched the idea of a feature film based on Jack and the Beanstalk starring Mickey as Jack with donald and goofy and so uh walt was like all for it apparently he burst out laughing with tears rolling down his cheeks in joy so Hmm. uh, needless to say he was stoked on the idea uh and so yeah so they greenlit it but unfortunately it never went fully into production again Mm. most likely because of all the other plethora of things that were going on uh and then so they decided to just kind of make it as its own standalone cartoon uh, the cartoon short here in front of Fancy Free, which I'm actually okay with because I think the story as is of Mickey and the Beanstalk, I think is, mm-hmm. I think is great. I think it's it it's the right length. You have a good amount of story in it. There's you have enough exploration of all of the silliness of the characters. Like you have, you know, like I it, it I have one question. Thing. Yeah. Where does Mickey get those beans? Well, he gets them in the village. Do we see him get them? I thought maybe I... No, we don't We don't see the actual trade of the cow for the beans. I would like but... to see the trade. <laughs> so I'm just going to write to Walt Disney and be like, yes, can you please right. add one scene because I do, I'm not buying it. Well, yeah. Well, it, well, it's basically like just went while Mickey, like in the sequence uh, after... Uh, so the whole plot of this story is that there's Happy Valley, which is this beautiful... Uh, kind of like uh, area it's like surrounded by mountains and there's a castle and in the castle lives this beautiful singing harp who as she sings is casting this spell across happy valley which is why everybody is always happy it's uh, the magic brings uh, food and water and like abundance and all this other stuff right but the giant comes down and steals the harp and after he steals the harp because the magic is no longer there, everything uh, everything falls to shit, basically. Mm. So, like, there's drought, there's famine, all this other stuff. And then it cuts yeah. to the one little cottage with the one cow. And there's Mickey, Donald, Goofy, basically just trying to survive on scraps. Yeah. I, yeah. I could watch them slice that bean into pieces all day long. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's very, very funny. Yeah, and then of course Donald being Donald uh goes crazy and like wants to kill the cow, mm-hmm. which admittedly I don't blame him for. No. I mean like if you're if you're all suffering from hunger and you have a perfectly good cow. And Edgar Bergen tells us she's not a milker. He says like, she's an utter failure. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So can we can we just quickly talk about the the back and forth between Edgar Bergen and and, I'm obsessed. And Charlie McCarthy. It's so good. Because, like, it was so, so funny. Yep. Just, like, he, Edgar is, like, trying to, like, tell the story. And then here comes Charlie, like, with his snarky little punny <laughs> Making comments. fun of him. It's so just good. Just, like, <laughs> it's so, it was so, so good. Did you like the story, Charlie? It's better than a sleeping pill. It's oh, yeah. epic. It's very, very funny. And just, you can like, see how he influenced Jim Henson, too. 
Yeah, just like the funny banter between like back and forth between the two is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, and so Donald goes to try and kill the cow for food, mm. and then mickey and goofy like try and calm him down and then they decide to go and sell the cow so uh so it then cuts to uh well, actually it cuts back to the party because mortimer is all sad because he's like he, he doesn't want to hear any more of the story if the cow dies yeah so that was very cute i was like oh mortimer it was very sweet i'm the same i was with him yeah anyway and so then of course edgar goes back to the story and then it uh and then while goofy and donald are basically having like this dance or they're basically singing and dancing because they're excited that they're finally going to be able to eat and have food Mm -hmm. and then as they're celebrating here comes mickey and he's like i got beans instead because of course in the story of jack and the beanstalk jack trades his cow for magic beans and then donald understandably loses his shit he's like (laughs) He's like, are you kidding me? I could have had cow all season. What are you talking about? Or I could have had like food. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then Mickey's like trying to justify. He's like, no, if you you plant them by the light of a moon lane, Donna's like, you are out of your mind. It's just very, very funny. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, he swats the beans out of his hand and then they fall into a little hole in the floor. And then that night, moonbeam comes down. And then um, while Edgar is like, basically talking about how it's like yeah he's like uh he's like dismissing the whole thing he's like yeah like how could he done that he's like beans how silly and all this other stuff and then like Mm -hmm. and then charlie is like edgar edgar look as if they're all look as if they're all watching the cartoon with us kind of thing i thought it was a cute little i thought that was a cute little thing and then of course the beanstalk erupts and it and uh it lifts the house all the way up to the clouds and and I thought it was very, I thought it was a very funny sequence with like them, like they're sleeping and then they're like falling out of their beds, falling onto like stalks and branches and leaves and stuff. And you're like, how are you not awake? How, is this, <laughs> how are you just sleeping through all this? Heavy sleepers. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. And of course, like I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we all know the the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, it goes up, they find the harp, uh, then they steal him they steal it back they come down the giant gets all mad uh do we want to talk about the giant real quick willie the giant yeah oh my gosh you know who plays willie the giant billy gilbert billy gilbert who you would know um i don't mean you anwar because of course you know this who you gentle listener at home voiced sneezy in snow white and the seven dwarfs oh yeah so fun uh yeah and so like willie is just like this weird weird (laughs) character yeah, he doesn't seem that threatening, really. Most no. of the time, it. I, what's his motivation? I can't tell. What's up with him? I think he just wants to like. He just wants to live, really. Yeah. Like, th- apparently, he stole the harp because the harp can like put him to sleep, and so he's like, his his motivation for stealing the harp was was selfish. Yeah. Because of course he doesn't care about what happens to the world below him. Yeah. So. Of yeah. course, but it's like, why does he want to show what? What's he doing with his magic powers? Why does he want to show them instead of just eating them? Is he lonely? What's his deal? I need more information. I think he's just lonely. I think when he found out that like Mickey was excited about the fact that he he could shapeshift, he's like, "Oh, do you want to? You, I want to show you like what I can turn into." Mm-hmm. And then Mickey's like, "You know, turn into a fly," because of course he sees the fly swatter, 
Mm-hmm. And then he's like, he's like, you sure you don't want me to turn into a cute pink bunny? As he's like a pink rabbit. And you're like, oh, it is a cute pink bunny. It is a cute pink bunny. And then, of course, you know, they all rush down the stock and then the giant chases after them and they cut down the thing and then it falls to his death. You know, we but all I know mean, how the story ends. The harp is hot. The harp is hot. Yep. The harp is hot. Um, <laughs> you know, who played the harp, uh, Anita Gordon, who mm-hmm. was famous at the time for being on Edgar Bergen's radio show. Oh, well, that's convenient. Yeah, yeah. She was a singer on that show as a teenager and Charlie McCarthy always had a crush on her. Oh. Oh, that explains why the uh, so yeah. There's a moment where Charlie is like, uh, like comments about the beauty of the harp. And mm-hmm. So I think that that's that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a beautiful singing voice. I really loved her singing yeah. a lot. Yeah, like the yeah, the music was very nice and the singing was great. But this the, the whole sequence itself, I think, is really really great. It's great. I think it's just a cute little like cartoon because I I believe like this cartoon. Uh, is its own standalone cartoon as well. Like, I think they eventually re-released it, but, like, as a standalone I definitely saw it as a cartoon. kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what blows my mind, it was made in 1947, and just all of the early Disney animation, like, from the mid-40s onward, I cannot believe it's not from the 60s or 70s. It is so uh, high quality. I I would mm-hmm. never, I would never have thought this was one of the wartime movies. Like, the, Mickey and the Beanstalk particularly, the... I mean, Bongo looks, it's also very good, but it looks a little more Hanna-Barbera to me. But, like, mm. Mickey and the Beanstalk, the animation quality is is oh, so yeah. good. It's beautiful. The character designs, everything, mm-hmm. it's all really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Highly sure. recommended. Um, this one is also on Disney+, Plus, which is great, because Make My yes. Music is much harder to watch. But um... F- Fucking Make My Music. <laughs> But uh, Fun and Fancy Free is... I will never get over that movie. I cannot believe it. I can't believe they killed the whale. Did you not listen to last week's episode? Well, that what <laughs> happened is the whale dies at the end. So just be warned. <laughs> but Making the Beanstalk is so charming. Like, it's not the best Disney movie. It's not up there with, like, no. Princess and the Frog or any of the, the strongest stuff. But it's cute. Little kids will love it. You will be charmed by it. You're going to see some animation history. I recommend it. Oh, absolutely. I 100% recommend this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then after the story is told, like after everyone says, oh, you know, and then the the harp comes back, uh, abundance and happiness returns to the valley and everyone lives happily ever after. Yay. And then, of course, Mortimer is like, he's like mildly terrified because, of course, he's afraid that the giant is real and all this other stuff. And then Edgar comforts him. He's like, no, it's just a figment of your imagination. Everything's fine. It's okay. And then, oh, plot twist, the roof tears open and there's Willie. Yeah, really good still, combination of live action and animation. Yeah. And there's there he is, like, still searching for Mickey. And then so he menaces Hollywood looking for Mickey. He's like, he's, like, tears through Hollywood. Like, so funny. He, like, he rips off, he rips up the, what was it called, um, the Brown Derby. Uh, and then, like, wears it as a hat because apparently it's, like, it's shaped like a derby hat. Like, uh, which I thought was very, very funny. And there he goes, just like wandering through downtown Hollywood. And you're like, oh, my God, like, what the what? This is very funny. <laughs> um, this is very, very silly. Here's a fun fact. <laughs> this was the first Disney film to be dubbed into Norwegian. Really? There you go. 
Well, that's a random piece of information. Well, we were talking about Norway earlier, so I thought I'd bring it full circle. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yes. Bring it full circle right back to Norway. That's yeah. great. That's really fun. Yeah. But yeah, like all in all, like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, yeah, like I think Fun and Fancy Free is a very, very cute segment. Yeah. My personally, I much prefer Mickey and the Beanstalk over Bongo. I do too. But yeah, you know, especially Just if you're going to watch it with a kid. You're, I don't think your kid's going to have a problem with either of them. No, 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 not at all. And I uh, mean, the narration in Bongo is so beautiful that if you're like at, at all familiar with Dinosaur, like it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. I think the whole thing is great. Yeah, gosh. Well, this was a really positive episode after last week's What the Hell Did We Just yes. Watch? I. <laughs> it's always, wow. After last week's insanity, mm-hmm. uh, make mine music. Make mine music. <laughs> it's it's shocking. I'll never get over it. I'm going to mention it every podcast for the rest of time. It's like, where does this rate compared to make mine music? Yeah, I'm <sighs> just forever just going to talk about it and be like, yeah, no, make mine music is just bonkers. And then next week we have another weird, like nobody really knows about movie. Is this melody uh, time? This is melody time. Cool. Melody time is next week. So that's another one that like I've heard of but i've never actually seen i don't think i've seen me anything neither of it. i think i think it's another um mini fantasia oh probably yeah that'll be interesting yeah. so we'll go through all the segments and everything for you so you can decide for yourself if you want to <laughs> you know smoke a joint before you watch it yes Hopefully there's not, we don't have another moment like I did last time where I completely forgot about an entire segment. Well, I mean, that wasn't on you. That was on the <laughs> Walt Disney Company. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Because of course, like, just, oh, just oh, I'm still not over it. Apparently, I will never get over it. I will never get over it. Um, But I'm just looking at it now and there's some really mm-hmm. cool cast members in uh, Melody Time. You can look forward to Roy Rogers himself and his oh horse God. Trigger. Uh, the Andrews sisters, uh, and Bobby Driscoll, which is exciting. Bobby He's Driscoll. he is famous as uh, uh, Peter Pan. He's Peter Pan. Huh. Go figure. And he also looks just like Peter Pan. Uh, oh, like really? yeah, if you look at him, the character design of Peter Pan is cr- like in so similar to his actual yeah. face. But um, as I recall, the poor guy did die young. Yes, he did. Hmm. Um, well, Luana, but, Luana, I think also died really young. I think she oh died God. at like fifty something. Yeah, fifty seven. She passed at fifty seven. That's sad, but I mean, he yeah. died at age thirty one. So we'll get into that next oh week. Yeah, a uh, lot of um, stuff. There, I'd, yeah. Old Hollywood is so fascinating to me, but we'll get into it because that's not this week's yes, topic. Week. I'm just excited. Yes. So hmm. next week, if you'd like to join us, or if you'd like to take a listen at, or a look at that. Uh, it will be melody time and i guess we'll see what happens with that but until then you can go ahead and follow us on all the various socials of course we are at cast underscore diz on both twitter and instagram and we are uh at facebook.com slash discast for our facebook page so go follow that uh and yeah like Um, us share uh, us and talk about us amongst your friends And I'll post more on Instagram once my head injury has healed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Love uh, you. Yeah. But until then, we'll see you all next week. See you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.